Welcome to the one within all to another episode of Interverse. And it is good to be back with you all with a good friend of mine, Derek Takuri, the Jamatronator. And we have some people already jumping into the uh, chat. Slick Dissident, I'm sure he's going to give us lots to think about. Astro World, Low Soul Dart. Wow. So today is a numerically fun day, 1113. We're going to be talking about all the different numerical riddles in the media recently and Derek's Eclipse Code continuing research. If you haven't caught him before, his YouTube channel is Jamatronator underscore 85 or go to his website, Jamatronator.com, where you can find, in my opinion, the best Jamatria calculator on the web. Very, very useful tool for looking at the numerical synchronicities in language of which there are many that will blow your mind and always a mind blow to see what is going on in your inner workings. I don't know many people with pattern recognition as strong as you. So Jamatronator, let's do this. How you doing, Derek? I'm doing pretty good, Chance. Thanks again for reaching out and having me back aboard. Should be a good day. Yeah, yeah. I like the new monk style hairdo, I have to say. I'm sure everyone else is like that. It's very fitting for one with such a shiny mind. Well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. And uh, yeah, at some point I had to embrace the loss and, uh, you know, own it. So that's what I'm done. Yeah, dude, it's it's just a maturing thing, right? So speaking of maturing, last time we talked, you had made the decision to move away from old things in your life that you were doing for uh, income and occupation, especially because post cooties world really doesn't allow for many, like uh, what's the word compromises in certain industries. It seems like working for the mafia is just no longer a good option. So I wanted to catch up with you on how things are going in your life before we get into the deep numerical gravy. Like, you know, what's good? Have you been supported in the changes? What's up? Well, I'm I'm still in the planning process of how I'm going to go about everything. I uh, just recently met with a good friend of mine who works in marketing and whatnot to decide how I want to go about this. Because as much as I want to launch a Patreon page, I'm kind of cautious about it because, you know, when you do that, you have you also give them the power to shut you down if they don't like what you're saying. And censorship is something I've dealt with to this point. So what I'm going to be doing is kind of transforming the website a little bit to the point where people can jump in and uh, support the work there by either having like a monthly or annual cheap little subscription that'll get rid of ads on the calculator, uh, that'll give them an advanced version of the calculator that'll remember their settings, custom ciphers, custom tables, all these extra things that people have been asking for over the years that I haven't really had a chance to develop. Um, so I've been looking at these things and over the next couple months, you're going to see a few changes. I probably will have a Patreon anyway, since it's a platform that a lot of people are familiar with. So I'll be launching that in the, in the coming weeks. Um, you know, I was fortunate to work in the industry. I was that paid very well. So, you know, I wasn't in a rush to really need to, to try and find that income. Uh, I wasn't taking a whole lot of time off over the past couple of years. So that's been a big thing for me is just kind of enjoying my time, moving at my own pace for a little bit, getting my mind straight. It's been a crazy world. I'm kind of glad to be out of uh, the trenches as far as, you know, arguing with my bosses about these mandates and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, I have faith that things will things will go well. You know, the, the website itself has been growing almost exponentially over the past couple of years. I've been really 
surprised to see how many people are using the calculator and, and uh, supporting the work morally so far anyway. Uh, so I, I don't really have any you know, worries or concerns about it. I want to make sure that the product I have that people are paying for is good enough and warrants that. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there soon enough. I like the idea of taking a slower pace for a while. I actually think that that's called for right now. And part of getting out of the whole matrix mindset is that we don't need to just constantly grind ourselves down to nothing. And that life is actually better if you stop and smell the flowers, so to speak. I posted up right. in the chat the Gematronator calculator link. Uh, so sound off in the chat if you've used this tool before. I know I use it a few times a week because maybe it doesn't end up in any kind of a presentation or research, but it's just fun to go see the numbers and the larger community of truth interested people definitely owe you a debt of gratitude for keeping that thing going. I, for one, look forward to the uh, upgrade, upgraded features. I'll be right there in it for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that can be kind of automated. For instance, you know, oftentimes when we look at these events, uh, we see numbers in Gematria that remind us of the eclipse code, so to speak. And in those stories, you know, often I have to go in and take the time to measure to these eclipses, but the stuff I'm working on does that for us. So, uh, you know, these these types of things will pop out much easier. And we'll be able to see that in our own lives as well. So for me personally, uh, the number 23 has always been significant to my numerology. It's found in my ordinal gematria, my full name. My birth numerology is 23 as well. And then after I developed this thing, I realized, hey, I was born 23 weeks exactly before the next total solar eclipse. So, I mean, <laughs> call it a coincidence if you wish, but uh, these certain numbers seem to permeate throughout our existence. And I was even having a discussion with my grandma a couple of weeks ago, and she was saying, you know, why is it that some people remember certain numbers, but not others, you know, like, like people have a certain set of numbers that they seem to be more closely associated with that their, their brains are more tuned to. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I teach basically is that more or less that's the truth. Um, but yeah, I think a great topic for us to talk about today, Chance, would be uh, what happened last weekend, since you and I both have attended several music festivals in the past. And I know on this podcast, we've had discussions about our experiences there and our thoughts individually about, you know, how there may be something on a spiritual plane happening at these festivals. And uh, there's a lot of people who always warn against these things. Oh, don't go there because it's a satanic cult thing. And I think both you and I have been always saying, well, it doesn't mean you have to stay away. It's just be aware of what you're around and the people around you. And I think what you saw at Astro World last week was kind of the ultimate manifestation of this occult and what they're doing satanically. And, you know, we saw this crowd crush occur where, you know, thousands and thousands of people, you could see on the video too, from the overhead shot, thousands of people as a blob moving kind of back and forth swaying. It was really scary looking. Um, as someone who's not too fond of very crowded crowds myself, uh, it's a pretty, pretty wild sight to see. And how does something like this happen? And you realize with all the imagery, the sounds that were going on, the flames on stage, the verbiage that was on the screen behind Travis Scott, I think you saw a multidimensional 
uh, multifaceted spiritual attack on the people that were there. And throughout, whether it's the music, the imagery, all these things combined, stirred something up in a lot of these people and kind of caused them to go haywire, I guess you could say. Um, and it's not the first time we've had some sort of crowd crush that resulted in injuries and fatalities. Uh, but for this to occur with this kind of artist, this type of imagery, um, a lot of people that I, that I heard from who were witnesses there live at the event, I thought it was pretty fascinating to see how many people claimed they weren't religious, they didn't believe in God, but still said that stuff was demonic, which to me is kind of an oxymoron. How can you have this belief that you say you don't believe in God, but at the same time acknowledge that something demonic was happening. But it almost is isn't to our advantage as people that want to show the spiritual side of reality that, yeah, look at this. We don't need to question what, whether it was demonic or if it was a spiritual attack. I'm not here to be like, and I know you're really not either, to prove it. <laughs> you just look at that and you, it is what it is, you know? I mean... Yeah, it, it seems obvious. So it's not about figuring out whether or not there was some kind of ritualistic aspect there. It's, I think, for us to show that, yeah, there's a deeper level of interconnectivity with numerical language that shows that there are forces, in my opinion, beyond what regular human minds are even capable of coordinating. I think when you reveal the level of riddles and patterns through the numbers on a lot of the things that you research, I just don't understand how a human being could line all that up with the dates, with the words, with the events in such a perfect level of sync. And so, I mean, I've been doing a lot of research into the seraphim, cherubim, angels and demons, and the seraphim speak through uh, fire, air, words, numbers. I think that there are energies, electrical beings that can co-inhabit the vessel of a physical human body and work through and have a higher plane of perspective to coordinate things. And that's maybe a little complicated and we can just start looking at some of your research on the subject to demonstrate that. But I think it's kind of safe to when you we re recognize the level of connectivity in these things that we're getting we're being spoken to by something <laughs> it's bigger yeah. it's bigger than what human minds have got a uh, capacity to, to i mean maybe the human mind can riddle it out but can could you really put all that together it's so it's so beyond yeah i mean i another thing i always look at is like there's always people who are willing to, to do this. Uh, there's no shortage of people. So to me, that speaks to the fact that, um, you know, perhaps these dark energies, Satan, as some people call it, is like feeding these people to the system to allow them to do this. And Travis Scott, you know, for instance, may be one of those people. I don't know how evil or awful of a human being Travis Scott is, but to me, it's pretty clear that at some point he sold out, you know, made a pact to get rich and famous and then allowed his likeness to be used for this type of ritual. Um, a lot of people have been saying, you know, should he have stopped the show? I think it's pretty obvious he should have. Um, but I don't think you can necessarily say, like, you know, if you're on stage with a spotlight, it's hard to say. Either way, something messed up happened. It should have stopped. It shouldn't have been allowed to go on. There were a lot of security concerns displayed to Travis and his staff. 
that were ignored before the festival. Um, but but you're right. Obviously, there's something on a dimensional level happening. And as tragic and awful as this event was, and what's interesting too is that you know they say eight people died, but a lot of the people there are saying no, there were way more people. And I found it interesting that the media only announced seven names. Usually, they announce all of the the names of the victims. So maybe it's possible there's like 20 or 30 dead, and then the, all those people just think they're the eighth name. I'm not sure, but this is a strange one. Um, yeah, the videos that people were putting out, uh, like regular on-the-ground people, made it look like it was way more than eight. So it's a good question. It's a very good question. You just never know. Uh, it, it's weird, though, because some of the some of the rituals in the past around harvest season were kind of obviously uh open to be interpreted as pure hoax but this one Maybe. feels like definitely people were dropping you know oh yeah a hundred percent i mean I, I have no doubt like like i said I, I think the video speaks volumes i mean the with the just the masses of people moving back and forth as a one giant blob um there is there's something to be said about that yeah um, crowd crowd psychology is a study in and of itself that's very worth looking into how when our energy fields intertwine electrically and this happens at big shows, there's a level of evacuation of selfhood that can occur to somebody that's not, uh, that doesn't have proper boundaries and it feels really good. Basically yep. you, you give up your will to the will of that crowd or the mass hysteria and mass hysteria doesn't always lead to <laughs> Alan in the chat was talking about mass as an important Catholic ritual, but Mass hysteria doesn't always lead to mass death or violence or panic, but at the point where a lot of people are together like that, it's sort of like the grasshopper converting to the locust. Humans can swarm too, and then there's a hive mind that is directing everyone's behavior more than a more than individual people making their own choices. So right, and and like I said, as, as awful as this tragedy was, there's a bit of a something uh it, it proves my point a little bit that this is a spiritual thing you know because uh you, you they're at the point where they're so forward and open with these rituals that they can they might as well basically be telling people hey you're entering a satanic ritual and we're at the point now where people would still go you know because we've kind of crossed this line now where uh, a large percentage of the population has made it known that they are willing to take whatever medicine medicine quote unquote this new world order hospital establishment this medical tyrannical government wants to inject into our bodies um a lot of people and it's been disheartening to know how many people you know that i consider friends who just said yeah inject me please <laughs> i want to do stuff again <laughs> and i can't relate to that you know, I have no will to do anything that requires this. Like, I wouldn't even accompany my brother uh, on his trip to Vegas because I'm not going to wear a mask on a plane. And I don't I don't have any desire to be in that situation where people are uh, giving me the, the business. But if you don't mind uh, sh throwing my uh, screen up on on here, I saw someone comment uh, Travis Scott being similar to Tavistock. And this is actually a, a tab I had open. So back in 1947, we had the establishment of the Tavistock Institute, 
And this is around the same time that we began seeing organizations like the CDC, the World Health Organization, Food and Drug Administration, all of these establishments that started to claim authority over health and our bodies um, right at the end of World War II. You know, did the Nazis lose the war? Of course not. They simply got absorbed into the U.S. government, which immediately worked or began working to find out how to control its own population with similar tactics to what the Germans were doing. So it's bizarre that we get this artist named Travis Scott. And I'll be honest, up until last weekend, I thought the name Travis Scott, I thought it was a country artist. Like, it didn't even occur to me that someone with that name would be a rapper. It doesn't sound like a rapist. It doesn't have Lil in front of it. <laughs> right. So, and then, it, you know, I saw someone else point out, or, uh, earlier this week, it sounds a lot like Tra Tavistock. And I was like, my goodness, yeah. And what does Tra Tavistock focus on? It's about social engineering. And their goals don't quite say they're trying to mind control the public, but if you read between the lines, it's pretty clear why this organization exists. And, you know, just follow the timeline. Uh, from the 50s through the 70s, there were very open MK Ultra mind control operations. And then in 1980, we get the Georgia Guidestones. We get CNN, the first 24-hour news network that same year. All of these, you know, they spent decades studying mind control, social engineering, all building up to this launch in 1980 of these 24-hour news networks, which over the next generation would evolve into what they are today, which is full-blown attempts at mind control, um, complete fake news. I don't know if there's any real news really left. Uh, it's few and far between. Um, but what I wanted to point out about this ritual, so a lot of the people that, that, were, that were there said there was something deeply demonic or satanic about it. And again, we as human beings have that sense built into us. And this is why, you know, these churches exist. They acknowledge God, right? Because churches couldn't get away without acknowledging that there is a higher being because it's built into us. We have this thirst for connectiveness and God. So they'll take that thirst and then try to turn it. And when you look at something like the Jesuit order, I'll bring this up quick, uh, their symbol really shows all you need to know about it. And a lot of people say, well, their symbol is the sun. But what I want to point out is that normally when you look at the sun, you cannot see the corona of the sun. And these 32 rays of the sun around the Jesuit emblem what this means is that there's actually something in front of the sun. You only see the rays of the sun when it's being blocked or occulted, such as during an eclipse. So the Jesuit order isn't the sun. It's essentially the moon that blocks the sun. It's the establishment. It's the organization that sits between you and God, the source, and claims that, hey, you can't get to the source unless you're square with the Catholic Church and your priest there and confessioning and blah, blah, blah. When in reality... That connection exists between us and God without having to worry about it. Um, human intervention, so to speak. Real quick, I think there's another logo that's interesting to look at when you show that, which is the Smithsonian Institution. Yes, absolutely. And what is encoded in the Bible, not even very encoded, is knowledge of giants, Nephilim, fallen angels, this concept. And the Smithsonian, in my opinion, from the research I've done over the last many years, seems to be like very interested in covering up the evidence of physical remains of larger beings. And so there's a connection there, too. 
I think when we talk about Tavistock social engineering and media or culture programming, a lot of the information on occult or mythological subjects that might have a grounding in reality ends up being obscured because you go and Google a term or a phrase and you get like a video game or a movie or something that uses those yep. words and names. And that becomes the top of the search engine optimization. So the yep. internet is shrinking and becoming more and more artificially oriented information and less grounded in reality all the time. A hundred percent. So let's look at how this dark occult use numerology to manifest this ritual at Astro World. Now, what we're looking at here is a Travis Scott page, but this is an older version of the page. And this is something we see very, very commonly where birth dates and names of major celebrities involved in rituals like this just change out of the blue. And who knows why this happens, but it's, it's very consistent, happens all the time. So this is from September of 2020. This is what Travis Scott's Wikipedia page looked like. His name is Jacques Berman Webster II, born April 30th, 1991. Now, this birthday, it's 1991 now and back then. Also, look at his middle name, Berman, B-E-R-M-A-N. So uh, one of the pages I was just looking at actually had a different birth date. Uh, it was listed as 1992. So you think that maybe sometimes the dates are just changed for these actors? Because I wouldn't call yeah. him a musician. I'd call him an actor. They're all actors, really. And then that yeah. fits some sort of number that they want it to be. Exactly. So uh, there's like Travis Scott, he's in the category 1992 births. Like that was his birthday, 1992. But now it says 1991. And you'll see they changed the spelling of his middle name, Berman, to an O. So what this tells us essentially is that there is a Gematria riddle behind this. So if I copy this name, Jacques Berman Webster II, and we're looking at two very significant ciphers, first English extended, which is very similar to Hebrew gematria, Greek isopsophy, and then the square number cipher, which is the alphabetic order with square numbers. And when you plug his full name with how they change the spelling, you get a double 666. You get 1666 and 3999, which is kind of a backhanded nod to 666. And Travis Scott's birthday of April 30th, this is actually a high holiday on the satanic calendar. You'll see it's called Hexanoct on this page, April 30th at the uh, Satanic Temple Organization site. There's even a Department of Justice document uh, about satanic cults and how to police them. And it notes that April 30th is Valpurgisnacht, which is one of the two most important Sabbaths, the, the other one being All Hallows' Eve or Halloween, which is directly across the calendar, six months away. So April 30th, thus, is the establishment date of the Church of Satan, April 30th, 1966. And just think about the year 66. I mean, is there any question here? Uh, number of the beast is 66 in Gematria. So is number of a man, 66. That verse starts with, here is wisdom. But those with wisdom calculate the number of the beast. So 66, 666, we're seeing connections already. Yeah, and even that name for the holiday, Hex and, what was it? Hex and something. Hex, Hex is the so, six. 
So if you measure from the founding date of the Church of Satan to the date of this mass casualty incident in Astroworld, 666 months and six days. And what makes this even wilder is that if you measure to Travis Scott's new birthday of 1991, you get another 666, 366 months and six days. And remember, his full name in that square number cipher had the, you know, the three followed by the upside down 666. So how could this be more clear? You know, they're throwing the most satanic number that people recognize, 666. And of course, it's not a satanic number. It's actually a, a number of creation uh, connected to the eclipse code as well. Um, but this is something they like to twist. They like to pervert. They like to take the most significant numbers and, you know, turn them dark, turn them evil, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, this played out to an extreme scale, and they just kept going with this. Consider the, the name Astro World. Now, Astro World gets its name from Six Flags Astro World, an old theme park in Houston. But before I knew that, the first thing that popped in my head was the Astro Dome, which is the world's first multi-purpose concrete domed stadium. And that was in Houston, where this festival was. And the Astrodome, on the date of this tragedy, scroll down here, you'll see the Astrodome was 20,666 days old on the date of this event. And then there was another news story that came out a few days later. And it said that the staff at Astroworld was told to refer to dead bodies as Smurfs. And, well, you can understand why they don't want to say dead bodies over the radio, but... How bizarre is it that it's called Smurfs, especially considering that all these people who died at the festival turned blue from suffocating? And when you measure from the Smurfs cartoon when it first debuted, 14,666 days, another 666. And this is all on top of what we've already found. And then to, to add to this pile of coincidences, it just so happens that the Smurfs had a new cartoon earlier this year, 202 days before the Houston Astro World Festival, which equals 202, on the date leaving 250, 157 days in the year. Houston Astro World, 257, like blood sacrifice, total solar eclipse. Also, the same day that we learned about this crowd crush, November 6th, last week, we learned about the death of a major bodybuilder named Sean Roden. And this guy won the Mr. Olympia contest in 2018, pretty recently. And his last Instagram post said, brick by brick and patience it will take, see you on the other side, was the last sentence he said. And people were like, wow, how spooky that he said, see you on the other side in his last sentence. Well, what are the odds that see you on the other side was the tagline of the Astro World Festival, sold on a lot of the merchandise right before... Mr. Tavistock came out on stage. The phrase C on the other side was there, like shown to the crowd that some of whom was about to die. Then that same day, Saturday, November 6th, a musician named Astro passes away. And we get news of the death of Terrence Wilson. And this was in the headlines on November 7th. And the name Terrence Wilson equals 1107, like the date. So the coincidence level here is completely off the charts. Um, you know, you start with this satanic ritual, then you get the death of a bodybuilder who made a clear reference to it, to that phrase. 
Then we get the death of Astro. And there's a significant Jesuit uh, riddle going on with eclipses right now. And of course, this all started with the December 14th eclipse last year. And the December 14th, 2020 total solar eclipse was the exact halfway point of the two twin eclipses that create an X over the United States, 2017 and 2024. So these are separated by 82 lunar phases. Half of that is 41 lunar phases. And again, the 2020 eclipse was 41 lunar phases from each. Now that eclipse in 2020, the point of greatest eclipse was over the nation of Argentina. Argentina is home to Pope Francis, the first Jesuit Pope. December 14th, 2020 is when the FDA first approved the COVID-19 vaccine for emergency use authorization. Because again, the corona, only visible during a total solar eclipse, this entire ritual connected to the eclipse code. Now, we are currently in a new lunation. So the Travis Scott concert happened one day after a new moon, which began lunation 1223. Again, these lunation counts began in 1923. So what's so significant about the number 1223? Well, in Latin or Jewish gematria, phrase Jesuit order equals 1223. And the Jesuit order, our buddies over there at the Society of Jesus, these, these, uh, well, I got other words for them. Not going to go all there. They, they know how I feel about them. But anyways, this became an official organization in the year 1540. 1540. And in the alphabetic order, ritual sacrifice is 154. Pretty significant number that I talk about frequently. Well, if you measure from the first great American eclipse to the death of this astro character or the news of his death on Sunday, it was exactly 1,540 days after that eclipse. Again, the Jesuit order founded in 1540. So that whole weekend there, those two or three day period, was just perfect, perfect numerology set up for these Jesuit sacrifices, so to speak. And uh, another thing I wanted to point out about the Smurfs connection is that the creator of the Smurfs, his name is Peo, uh, Pierre Culliford, and he died on Christmas Eve, December 24th, which is the eve of another major satanic holiday, Sol Invictus, same day as Christmas. And uh, December 24th was the date of the Italian Hall disaster which was a crowd crush that killed over 70 people. And this crowd crush is significant in American history because it's when someone shouted fire in a crowded hall. And that's where the phrase to this day, you know, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. This was called the 1913 massacre. 1913. And when you look at English gematria, in addition to uh, Jewish gematria, Houston Astroworld gives us this incredibly rare alignment of 1913 in both of these ciphers. This only happens about once every 500 words or phrases. 1913. And this was coded into this as well. 
Now, looking back at this 1913 massacre, this was memorialized in a song uh, by Woody Guthrie. So 1913 Massacre, a song by Woody Guthrie. It came out in the year 41. 41 is the 13th prime. But why was Woody Guthrie the singer of this song? Notice how Woody Guthrie's name in the alphabetic order equals 293. Well, the 293rd prime number is 1913. See that? 293, 1913. And remember, what was the phrase on the stage? See ya on the other side? See ya on the other side equals 293. And this is all in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. 293, right? So 293, if you measure from the date of the Astroworld tragedy to the date of the total solar eclipse that goes over Houston, Texas. This is kind of a kind of a bum graphic to look at. Let me try to make this bigger. So there's a total solar eclipse, this second one that goes over Houston, Texas. It doesn't go over Houston, but it goes over Texas. It's 29 months and three days before that eclipse. So the next time the sun, you know, gets eclipsed over Texas was 29 months and three days after this event. Um, a number which has been coded into crowd crushes for over a hundred years. So to me, this is just like a maximum, um, you know, spellcasting. One more thing I want to point out with this Smurfs thing, which was really strange. Uh, Smurfs, let's see. So measuring from the last Smurfs movie, which came out in 2017, from that last Smurfs movie to the Astroworld tragedy was exactly 239 weeks, and Astroworld Festival equals 239. Smurfs, The Lost Village, 263, a lot like that 293, right? So you just kind of see how these numbers, they're used as symbols. Whether you flip them upside down, whether you reverse the order, they're, they're all used together to manifest these things. And I think, you know, these numbers exist uh, when... When used ritualistically like this, it's it's a way for these spirits, these demons, whatever's going on in these other dimensions to latch on. And, you know, to me, uh, again, I don't want to make it seem like it's a good thing that this happened, but people who are waking up to how this world works, this is very important for them to see because, you know, a lot of people, when they see conspiracy theories and the fact that all these things are being controlled, it's very scary to a lot of people at first. But we need to remind people that this is spiritual. There's protection available. And I'm not one to normally go out there and preach and tell people what to do. But people who have come to my channel and asked, hey, does this mean the devil is real? I've been like, hey, yeah, uh, it is. But this means that you have the chance for protection. And for me personally... I prayed to Jesus. I asked for Jesus to fill my life. And look, I don't know if Jesus was a person. I didn't live 2,000 years ago. But there's something about the word, the, the energy it brings. Jesus has the same gematria as energy. And now here I am sharing this bizarre info to people that is helping people wake up. So look, there's something going on deep uh, with 
this whole biblical code, the matrix, prophecy, something very, very real is all behind that. And I encourage people to look within themselves and you don't have to look to the church. You know, there are people who may help you at some churches. Uh, I found that the quality of the minister is often independent of the church that they're a part of. Um, but again, I'm not telling people what to do. Just saying, look within, look deep, ask above, and answers will follow. And with that, protection will follow as well, I believe. And that's been my experience throughout this whole time. So um, bizarre things. But I think, like I said, this is a perfect example for people to see uh, how these things are happening. Yeah, man. Thank you for all that. We covered a lot of ground. And I know that's even a, the tip of a larger iceberg in terms of it is. I could go for show. two hours, you know, but uh, <laughs> like I think you guys see what's going on. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And so to go back to this, there's a lot of places I want to go here, but the idea of angels and demons, right? Of seraphim, cherubim, that there are beings that represent the fire and that represent the water, the above and the below. And they converge in us as human beings that our physical body could be seen as cherubimic, a water vessel because we're mostly water, but our spirit or the electricity of our consciousness and our energy and our soul that animates the vessel, that's fire and it's air, just like the body is earth and water. So when somebody's spirit evacuates the vessel, it turns blue, like the color we see water as. They are turning blue, they're Smurfs. Another thing that I've seen happen one time, that I won't go into a lot of detail though, I saw a guy sun gazing looking at the corona uh, at dawn and he turned blue and it was a very strange thing to witness me and someone else were watching a guy who was sun gazing we were like 30 feet away and we both saw his skin turn blue for a couple of minutes it was like glowing blue though it reminded me of it reminded me of the blue skinned beings in hindu mythology hmm. but so what goes on at like a festival avatar almost hey we're like avatar yeah and so what goes on at festivals, right? Let's talk about that for a second. People are getting intoxicated. They are imbibing spirits. Literally. Literally. Yeah. In, al in alchemy, alcohol is used to distill the spiritual essence from a, a material and remove it, separate it. And whenever we think of the water of our vessel, we're looking at where the memory of who we are is stored or where the electrical current in the salt water of our body, the earth and the water is contained. So whenever we dilute our bloodstream and our inner waters with alcohol, it can eject our spirit from the vessel because it's no longer in the right integrity and in the right balance to contain it. So, right, which is why if it gets so bad, you can't even remember. You black out. It's not even you. Yeah. Something, but you keep moving around and doing stuff, right? Who is that? Who's doing that? Right. So, I don't know, but when I look at a huge ritual like Astro World, I wonder if what's going on is that a lot of people were getting ejected out of their bodies especially because they can't even breathe properly in the crowd crush before the stampede. And that other beings through this big portal created on stage 
are being ushered into the into the space to take on new bodies because i think that the seraphimic energies the angelic or alien energies of above if they're like us in any sense if they represent life force energy then they are good and evil there there's some that are on our side want to help humanity evolve and expand and and grow closer to God. And there are some that just want to corrupt and control us. Just like there are humans that are going up and humans that are going down. I think the same is true for um, more earth-based or elemental-based forces that are part of the water, uh, underwater. There's a story actually that came out a couple of years ago of a guy who was an African, I can't remember the name of the book, but he was in an African tribe and initiated into shamanism. And eventually he left his tribe and joined the Catholic church actually. And he told a story of what they were up to in his tribe. And it got labeled kind of as satanic or Satanism, but it wasn't necessarily something evil. It's hard to know. Um, Just take it for what it was. And I'll give the best brief synopsis I can in the story. He was in an initiation taken to an underwater city but to get there he had to have his spirit or his soul leave his body out of body travel and in that process other energies or seraphimic energies had to come in spirits and keep his body warm keep his vessel warm while he was out of it so he traveled in the water underwater to an emerald city and there met like a being that you could consider uh, sort of like a Satan, if you will, a, uh, a big boss of a bunch of demonic forces, demonic just because they're in the as below. So my point of bringing all this up is just that we are so far away from initiated into mysteries in our current culture and understanding how the technology of our body works and our, our soul works that when we look at these big events that the sorcerer class put on what could be happening there is so far beyond the realm of most people's imagining they look at it and they go oh that is some sort of like a ritual but what was the purpose of the ritual rituals have a reason and yeah i don't know man it could be like just infesting a whole bunch of people in that crowd with uh different different electricity into their vessel well yeah i i guess my perspective on what the purpose would be is that you know despite all of the evil things we're witnessing there's it's still part of god's plan and to me the way i see it is that the types of things that we're seeing are going to get more and more obvious thus uh giving the people on earth you know more information with which to make a decision and yeah there were a lot of bad things that happened maybe the intent was to fill people with spirits maybe people who survived ended up coming out of there you know inhabited by different spirits so to speak because i want to touch on that in a second what also um but there's also good to come from it as well because again you have thousands of people there who survived uh you know most of whom weren't injured who saw what happened and played witness to this spiritual thing that now have a chance to wake up and live their lives cognizant of this evil, aware of it. And that's the first step to 
living a wholesome good life and and finding your purpose and whatnot is understanding that there's forces out there acting against you and when it comes to spirits like my take on it is that it's not so much that when we become intoxicated new spirits inhabit us i, I think throughout our lives with our choices decisions particularly our thoughts and actions we pick up spirits along the ways a little bit you know through all of these good deeds that we get uh that maybe you know it increases our angelic part of our being if we make bad decisions and hurt people all of a sudden we're inhabited by bad spirits and then when people get intoxicated and drunk you know they then become the spirit that's already in them and that, that's how i see it because when when i see people get like blackout drunk they turn into like this consistent being you know uh I, i've seen like uh, the same person get blackout drunk multiple times and they always revert back to the same type of, of person and I was very happy to find out that when I blacked out drunk three years ago, I hadn't blacked out in like, you know, a decade or something before that, is that everybody told me I was just happy, smiling and hugging everybody, like to the point where it was annoying. I was just so full of love. And I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of refreshing to know that, you know, I can get blackout drunk and all it is is love. Like, that's all I have. I have no fighting, no anger, none of that. So like, ah, oh, maybe I've turned a corner in life or something. So. Um, to, to me, that's kind of more more or less what's happening. And, you know, throughout years of of listening to various uh, types of music that is promoted by the occult, uh, maybe that is part of what has allowed people to pick up bad spirits along the way. I had this conversation, too, with my brother and his son because he was uh, my brother was concerned about his son going to these concerts and being in mosh pits and stuff. And I said, I think it's OK. But, man, if you're at the wrong concert, like I feel like imbibing in that and indulging in that type of thing maybe you could pick up some negative spirits along the way and that that could that could hurt you down the road and we had, i don't know we had an interesting conversation about it and i'm just glad to see that the younger people who are you know just coming up and waking up and uh people in their young 20s who are going to music festivals for the first time it's very in uh encouraging to see how enlightened or at least um predisposed to enlightenment some of these people are you know a lot of people just coming out and saying yeah this seemed demonic uh that's not i feel like people have ignored it for a long time but they're getting so arrogant they're going so far out with these rituals they're making it so obvious that people can't help but ignore it anymore so um yeah it, it's encouraging to see because uh you know the i guess the the most concerning thing about the future of humanity would would be uh, if they didn't notice these things and, uh, you know, I'm sure some don't, but it's a mix. Yeah. I do think also it has to do with like maybe the habituation of the behavior that you could put some holes in your energy field that leave you vulnerable for something to come in. If you're doing it repetitively or with the mindset of lack or low lower energy uh expression like i'm drinking to forget how sad i am versus i'm having fun with all my friends and i drank a little too much <laughs> right yeah, that's but, true yeah uh there there's been some interesting things i've looked into from hypnotherapists and other forms of metaphysical psychologists you could call them who help individuals with entity attachment or even speak to entities that are attached to people through hypnotic uh, conversation. And there's a thing about when somebody is in that vulnerable state of being blacked out 
that it attracts beings that want whatever it is that they the person might be doing like if you had a wandering spirit or a, what you call like an earthbound spirit of somebody who didn't go to the light because of being too attached to something in on earth after they died like alcohol they would maybe hang around at a bar and wait for somebody to let their guard down in that moment of like they cross the threshold of blacking out and they fall off the chair for a second the uh being jumps in and then tries to influence the the human to do more of what it is they're attached to and so the, i think all of that is very possible but that there are ways of protecting ourselves like you said you brought the energy of jesus and that intention into your life on purpose and that's an agreement or a contract you've made with with life or with god or source that will be honored because free will is the primary thing of above all else in the creation but the beings out there who are like completely atheistic or have no awareness that they have free will at all <laughs> and they're just like at the mercy of the external world all the time i think that leaves a lot of vulnerability so it's important when we look at these things to just always stay rooted in uh the truth that we have free will and that nothing demonic has power over us unless we give up our power and that goes also with our rights in terms of law and in the cooties world and you know you can or can't travel if you have don't have this cow poke or whatever you got to wear the diaper none of that is true unless you agree that it's true so even the um well i like what you said about this being an opportunity for a lot of people to wake up to a more spiritual reality because no, no matter how gnarly the death cult death cults die that's what they do so we can wait that out like maybe there will be a, a cycles and new that the wave of the death cults having power or less power goes up and down throughout history but life continues regardless death cults are temporary but life is eternal for for uh just as a fact of reality it's the same thing as existence yeah i think if what you're getting at is that look i mean we're, we're born into this world and there's already this system of evil operating uh we can you know i, I do believe it is our responsibility uh, especially for those of us who have you know insight or some sort of uh special knowledge about the occult to share this with people but it's not necessarily our responsibility to save the, pe the, the people the people can make the choice or make choices that will lead to themselves being saved but uh yeah i mean there was <laughs> it, it took a lot for me mentally to kind of let go of the fact that hey like even some people who have been close to me throughout my whole life they're just not going to see this some of them won't you know as long as i do my part and try to explain things and show people and stay consistent and true um i just have to find peace in that but yeah i agree I have another question for you. Do you have any thoughts on today being 1113? Uh, well, 1113 uh, is an interesting date. Uh, I think it was six years ago today we had the Bataclan shooting. Remember those attacks in Paris? Um, 1113, when I think of these two numbers together, I actually think of this uh, circle code in geometry. 
Um, the word circle in Hebrew is 143, which breaks down to 11 times 13. And of course, you have 11, the master number, and then 13, which is highly significant, the sixth prime, uh, 13, the big number of the moon. So there's definitely something numerically powerful about this date. Uh, when the Bataclan attack happened, it was on it was in the year 15. So you had this, you know, 11, 13, 15. 15 connected to 47, a big number of sacrifice and killing and whatnot. Um, I can't think of too much in history other than that um, going further back that's happened on this date. But why? Is, is something stick out about it to you? Uh, no. But what was coming to mind was how I've thought calendars are so artificial. <laughs> and there's no such thing as Tuesday. There's no such thing as... 11:55 a.m. but yet there does seem to be a way that that create the creator speaks to us through the language of words and numbers well, and well one the thing about our our months is that they've been kind of altered and instead of beginning at a day at dawn or beginning a year at the spring equinox we start things thanks to the vatican calendars in the middle of the dark or there's not really a clear delineation that any beginning is happening. January being the beginning of the year pushes back the month so that October, which would be the eighth month becomes the 10th month and November, right. which is connected to the word for nine becomes the 11th month. So you could also look at today as nine 13 potentially, or sure. 11, 11 as nine 11 instead of 11, 11, depending on which calendar you're looking at. Sure. Yeah. I, I think, They've definitely uh, created this Gregorian calendar as means to keep most of the population more or less uh, in the dark, oblivious to some of the really significant astrology. Um, you know, I, I, sometimes I'll just ask somebody, like, how long is a lunar phase? You know, from full moon to full moon, how, how many days does that take? Most people don't know. And that's how the occult wants it. I mean, if you if you ask an occultist at these high levels, like, you know, how long is a lunar phase? I guarantee you they're going to know. And they'll probably laugh at the fact that people don't, you know, 29 and a half days, similar to the orbital period of Saturn, the furthest object we can see with our own eyes in the solar system. Uh, very similar orbital period to the moon, the closest one. And I just think all these things are designed more or less to keep people from looking deeper into it. Because if we did have a calendar that focused on the moon and every eclipse happened on the first of the month, people might think there was something significant to it. But when an eclipse is the 13th one month and then the next month it's on, you know, the, the 12th and then five months later it's on the 6th or something like people don't see a, a pattern. They don't pick up on that quite so easily. Uh, but when you dig into the Gregorian calendar, the way it's structured, uh, why certain months have a certain number of days, you realize that there's a lot of craft in there. There's a lot of geometry being played, uh, especially with how we spell our months and the numbers and the dates. But to what you said at the top of this show, uh, it doesn't necessarily seem like it's all human designed. Like it's so deep. It's so intricate. I do believe there's some sort of, uh, you know, alien or I don't want to use the word alien. Screw it. Some sort of alien intelligence that funneled down through humanity. I think, you know, when when people get into the creative mindset, into something meditative, they're channeling something else. And you know, maybe that had to do with the calendar. Maybe they were doing their own little rituals to bring in these spirits to help them design these things.
I don't know. But uh, the way the symmetry works out with the calendar, it seems to me that that's probable. And there's even stories of language being derived through channeling, like the John D. 007 Enochian angelic language. And when you study ancient alien abduction, it's really ancient angelic abduction. Hmm. These things are the same. <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole thread there that someday I'm going to do a better job presenting, but that the uh, the angels and the aliens are the same thing. The greys are seraphim. And there's a yeah. huge connection even to the Masonic uh, traditions there. The skull and crossbones, the skull looks a lot like a gray alien, which also looks a lot like the way the uh, the seraphim are described in the apocryphal scriptures. So there's a big link there. They're also the reptilians. actually looked up some gematria on the word reptilian before we talked and found it interesting that the uh, words reptilian and matriarchy, I think it was matriarchy. Now I have to double check, but I'm pretty sure it's either matriarchy or matriarchal. They had the exact same match in the four base ciphers, four base ciphers. So in that sense, we're um, descended from, or the the reptile is our mother, and they're the they're the serpent beings, right? Like that's what the uh, seraphim are actually linguistically connected to and descriptively connected to in the more occult scriptures. And when you look at our brain, the triune brain, the base of our brain is the reptile brain that the higher orders of our consciousness grows out of. So there, <laughs> there's something to it there too. And I want to go back to the idea of the the moon and the calendars, though. I show this all the time because I really want people to consider doing something like this for themselves. But whenever you track the moon between the quarters of its phases and you write out a month calendar, and I put transits in here as well, you find that it's not even seven days in terms of going from quarter to quarter. Sometimes it's seven, sometimes it's eight. And looking, uh, just looking at the phase of the moon before you look at the Gregorian number and switching which one has prominence to you will give you, and also including transits in there, it won't be long before you start actually having a sense and a feel of where Luna is at in the sky on a given night before you go out and look for it. And that's really interesting because you're getting connected to the larger reality rather than an artificial reality. Not that everything artificial has to be evil or bad or without its use, but right. So uh, we're kind of coming to the end of the first hour. I, got to, I forgot to remind everyone that the second hour is going to be on Rockfin. And I also wanted to check with you, dude. Have you considered looking uh, at Rockfin for your channel? Because it's not very hard to stream there while you're streaming to YouTube. And I will say they've compensated me very well relative to Patreon. It's night and day, like many times over more uh, support coming from Rockfin. Mark over there dropped me a tip earlier in the stream very kindly and it'd be cool to have you join the ranks there's quite a few awesome truth channels not getting censored there not getting attacked by trolls and uh the functionality is improving their <laughs> patreon i can say i've been on there since like 2017 and the functionality's never been improved for the end sure. user or for the creator 
and Rockfin just updated their content management system and made that nicer not long ago. Um, so yeah, that's gonna I'm gonna post that over on the YouTube right now. And when we do switch between the hours, we'll take about a minute long break um, so that people can switch over more easily. And so there's the link to the Rockfin stream simultaneously casting. Excellent. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get on board with that. Uh, I'd like to get you know with, with myself and uh, trying to transition as much as work as I can to the website. Uh, I don't think YouTube's gonna be quite as important. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna especially need to have a place that stores videos. You know that I know isn't gonna get censored at some point. Um, so I do have like a BitChute channel where I put some of my videos up, but not many. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that sounds enticing. I think we can do a lot of things there. Yeah, I hope so. I hope to see you there. <laughs> it's pretty cool. We'll talk about that off the air. But all right, man, um, give them one more shot at the things they can connect you through, the website name, uh, any recent videos that you've posted that you think people would find interesting anything that oh, yeah. might be coming up that you're planning on presenting that you can share um so yeah as far as finding me of course uh the website is gematronator.com uh you can go to google type in gematronator gematria calculator you'll find it uh g e m a t r i n a t o r uh you can also use that to find me on twitter where i occasionally post some nuggets or some links to videos or whatnot um, again, the calculator, gematronator.com. Uh, gematronator.com slash blog is where I pretty much on a daily basis am decoding news stories, celebrity deaths, sports, things like that. On my YouTube channel, uh, if you go and dig a couple, like a week or two back, you'll find a couple of videos that I spent a lot of time producing. Uh, so like I, I got a new video editing software and trying to put more videos that are just a few minutes so that they're very easy to share with people who are might be new to it and might you know uh, have a shorter attention span or whatnot. So I'll be looking to produce more of those videos, maybe at least like one a week going forward, and then transitioning more into that, and then having like a podcast off to the side, whether it's on Rockfin or available to subscribers of the website. Still working that out, um, but yeah, the primary work is on the YouTube channel for the videos, uh, the blog for the posts, and again, it's just. Uh, a consistent day-after-day -day look of comparing gematria to astrology, the significant dates and holidays, and how news stories uh, are consistently connected to people with similar names, similar sounding names, things like that. Uh, the numbers speak for themselves. It's really the most fascinating thing and something I'll probably be doing till I die, which is cool to even say that I found something like that. Um, but yeah. Uh, you know, on my blog, for instance, you can see how I predicted that the Braves would win the World Series in Game Six, uh, several weeks in advance. And again, all connected to the Solar Eclipse Code, the Braves MVP Jorge Soler, uh, hitting a ball into the solar system in the in the final game. Uh, yeah, there's there's so much more to it. So I encourage everyone to check that out. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds fun. The sports ball stuff is great. Uh, we've talked about that some before, but it never hurts to remind everyone how scripted and by the numbers it really is. Yep. And all right, I'm going to hit us with the mid-show musical break, and then I'm going to cut off the YouTube stream. Hope to see a lot of you on Rockfin. Checking out the numbers there. Looks like some of you are already making your way over. And thanks for being here, dude. No problem.